Hello, brother. I'm Grace. Hello, brother. I'm Stephanie. And this is Doppelgangers. Today, we're talking about season five, episode six of The Vampire Diaries, which is called Handle with Care. Nobody did that with anybody. They said, no, I think I'm going to be careless and pretty dumb. (laughs) (laughs) It, You know, it starts and it looks like it's going to be a nice, easy day where people are going to get what they want. Everybody needed to be a little realistic there. Yeah, everyone needed to be completely honest about what happens on this show because it is not positivity. Let's remember what our success rate is, people. It's low. As always, I'll start by reading the synopsis from Vampire Diaries Wiki. Silas happily announces his new goal to Damon and Elena, but they're skeptical when he promises to accomplish one important task in return for their help. Hetzia confidently tells Stefan about her next move, then realizes that Silas has managed to outsmart her. A desperate Catherine discovers a new and unexpected consequence of becoming human again and realizes she needs a new place to stay. In exchange for a spot in the dorm room, she offers to show Caroline how to get answers from Dr. Maxfield. Bonnie is touched by Jeremy's strength and determination to stand by her. Finally, Damon is stunned when he figures out the secret to Tessa's plan. Lots of surprises from people. And we get a fun Catherine Caroline storyline, which we get very rarely. We start the episode in a diner. Catherine is eating alone. She's ordered a whole bunch of breakfast food. She's not there with Nadia. At this point, it's unclear what's up with Nadia, if anything. (laughs) Catherine's just hungry. That's all she can say. So Catherine gets like pancakes, eggs, fruit, whatever. And the waitress drops it off and she says, sure, a little thing like you can eat all that. And Catherine says, I'm celebrating. I thought I was going to die. I didn't. So now I'm free to be whatever I want to be. It's a good day. And the waitress says, love your hair, by the way. Bold choice. And Catherine's like, my hair's brown, bitch. (laughs) My hair is brown and curly. It's pretty, but it's not bold. So Catherine looks in a reflection of a napkin holder, and she can't help but notice she has a streak of gray hair. Now, this is so funny, because I came out last episode and said, no, she's actually super immortal now. And then we immediately start the episode with her with gray hair. Okay, opposite. All right, awesome. (laughs) So that one was wrong. (laughs) And at first, when we were watching it, you are like, oh, it's a dream. I said, oh, it's a dream. And I said, oh, nope, she's just aging now, I fear. <laughs> then we go over to the Salvatore house. Damon and Elena are cuddling on the couch. They're having a lovely morning. Elena says, this is so nice. It's quiet. It's still. It's peaceful. I like our life when it's like this. When have you ever experienced this before? <laughs> the, like two times it's been like this. Yeah. <laughs> this is their first time. She's like, this is good. We should try being like at peace more often (laughs) damon says but it is our life which probably means somebody's gonna walk through that door and shatter it and elena says hey please don't say that like probably but you don't need to invite it (laughs) yeah and then she starts counting down from 10 to invite it she's like hey no let's enjoy it uh today's the day we're gonna bring bonnie back it's a good day he keeps counting she says it is a good day they kiss and then in comes silas right at one of course yeah right at one so thanks a lot damon Silas says, good morning, frenemies. (laughs) He loves to learn new slang. He uses some magic to open the curtains. And he says, you know, I'm only a few hours into my old life as a witch, but somehow the sun feels warmer. Probably because I'm not cursed with having to outlive it anymore. He is ready to be dead. He is so excited. He is craving the sweet release of death. Damon says, hey, what's with the home invasion, Silas? And Silas says, well, Damon, after 2,000 years of a miserable existence, I finally get to die. 
Then we go over to Tessa's cabin. It's not really Tessa's cabin, but she killed the guy who owned it. So it's technically hers now. So it's hers now. Fighters keepers. Exactly. Stefan wakes up on the couch next to a bottle of tequila, almost empty. Tessa is at the foot of the couch, down absolutely terrible for this man who will never date her. Yeah, has no interest in her. And I do love no memories, Stefan. It's all tequila, baby. (laughs) Yeah, he said, fuck bourbon. (laughs) She says, good morning, sleepyhead. Sleep well. And he says, oh, Tessa, hi. Could not be less excited to see her. She says, you're confused. Is that the amnesia or the tequila? And he says, uh, probably both. Yeah, he's like, I can't tell. He says, I'm still trying to piece together last night. And she says, oh, we bonded over our misery. There were body shots. The misery lifted. Here, you want some berries? Girl. Girl. You really want to get dumped by Paul Wesley twice? At this point, you're inviting it. It's just like, girl, you got to go date other guys if you're coming back to the land of the living. You cannot be finding all these Paul Wesley looking losers. Like, you just said that you've watched for 2,000 years while Paul Wesley always goes back to Nina Dobrev. So where exactly do you fit in that pattern? Every time she sees Damon, she's like, you know, she's never going to choose you. She's always going to choose Paul Wesley. But the thing is, Paul Wesley's going to choose me because I'm so special. I'm different. Wake up. (laughs) Stefan says, oh, what's got you in such a good mood? And she says, I happen to see a text message pop up on your phone after you crashed last night. Already going through his phone, girl. Of course she is. I know. Uh, She says, it was a warning from your friends. Silas took the cure. He's a witch. He's mortal now and I can kill him. She says, get up, gorgeous. Your doppelganger dies today. Now, ideally, they wouldn't have texted Stefan this, but of course they did. Yeah. Why wouldn't they? Of course. He's on their side. Back at the Salvatore house, Silas says, look, we all know Tessa is a vengeful bitch, okay? Your doppelganger Amara died at her hands. But today, after 2,000 years, Amara and I will finally reunite. And I, this entire episode, said, I don't think that's going to happen because the bitch isn't dead. I didn't see a body, and I've been saying this. Yes, Pretty Little Liars never fails you. And I will say, in the recap, it's heavy on Amara. They say Amara's name like five times in the recap. Like, it's it's seeming like we're, we're seeing her. Yes, they want you to remember who Amara is to build us up for the twist in a bit. And you know what? Silas is right. He and Amara will reunite. Not how he wants it. <laughs> Damon says, okay, let's skip all the mushy parts. My girl here. Elena, she is just trying to have a good day, okay? And there are promises we're expecting you to keep. And Silas says, you think I don't keep my promises? And Elena says, okay, you said that now that you're a witch again, you'd bring Bonnie back from the other side. He says, I did and I can. (laughs) (laughs) Elena says, and you promised Damon that you'd do that if he helped you, Uh, but you're kind of evil, no offense. And he says, none taken, girly. He says, I am, thank you. He said, thank you very much. She says, so I'm just trying to figure out how I can trust one of your last acts in this world will be to bring my best friend back. This is the flaw in Damon's plan. There's no way for him to prove to you he's going to do it. Like, that's the thing. The whole deal with this plan is ideally it will go how you ask him to. But there's no way to know that he whether he will or not. And at this point, I mean, you already cured him. So you kind of have to just see what happens. There's nothing he can say that will convince you. And he's your only option to get Bonnie back right now. So you might as well trust him. Yeah. You know, the way you see it right now, at the end of the day, you'll know either way. Mm -hmm. Like, if you ask him, he could just lie to you. So why even bother asking? Exactly. He realizes that it is stupid of her to ask how she's going to trust him. So he says, oh, did you want me to pinky swear? Giggling, giggling. Yeah, because he likes to giggle. Damon says, look, she's trying to have a good day. Okay, just tell her how it's going to go down. And Silas says, listen, I just want to destroy the other side so I don't get stuck in that pit of a purgatory when I finally do kill myself. 
Before that, I'll bring Bonnie back. And being the amazing, incredible, and all-powerful witch I am, I can totally do both. I just need to find the anchor first and destroy it. And Elena says, the anchor? Then we do a little quick review of what the anchor is, which we covered last episode, which Stephanie thought was a literal anchor. I tried it. I tried to think what lasts for 2,000 years, an anchor. Yeah, an anchor can. It wasn't the worst thing. It is funny because when I watched it, I did not think it was a literal anchor. I thought it was some kind of like binding agent, sure. But I was like, hmm, it could be anything. So I was ready to have you guess what it could be. And then you were so like, oh, so it's an anchor. And I was like, fuck, I, I have to just let her think this. <laughs> I just said I only got one guess. You walked right into it. Now I was like, I don't want her to get too suspicious that it's not an anchor because it's so stupid that she thinks it's an anchor. I did bring up the possibility it wasn't an anchor, but I still said it was an anchor. Yeah, You're like, it's probably an anchor. You're like they said anchor. Well, and they can move an anchor around pretty easily on a ship. I felt like it was a reasonable thought. It does. The thing is, it fits with everything they say that it could just be a literal anchor. <laughs> so it's like, I don't think that's how they meant to do it, though. I, I, think I was is. not meant to read that. But it is funny because it's like, yeah, not knowing what it is, you might it might as well be an anchor. They're calling it an anchor. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> It's just so funny because even halfway through the episode, they're like, what does it look like? And it's like, why are you asking? It's an anchor. I was like, I don't know, an anchor. You ever seen an anchor before? Well, when they were looking through the warehouse, I started thinking it wasn't an actual anchor because if it was an anchor, it'd be in the ocean probably. Yeah, you would think. It'd be moving on a boat. It wouldn't need to go into port. You know, it's an anchor. Yeah, it's true. So I kind of started guessing it was something else once, you know, they were looking in boxes. But I wasn't sure. Yeah, but it still could have been an anchor. <laughs> it could have been an anchor. So at the cabin... Tessa says, Silas is looking for the anchor. It's the object I used to bind the spell when I created the other side. Destroy it. The spell is broken. No more supernatural limbo. Silas can die and find peace. I'd rather his lying, cheating ass not have that. Seven says, awesome. Great. I approve. Whatever. Where is it? This is so funny because you think Katsia would like want him to find the anchor. Just to show that she won this over on him, which maybe she does and she's just also hoping to kill him. I think she kind of wants him to die and then realize Amara's not there when there's nothing he can do about it. Exactly, I think so, because then it's more permanent. Yeah. At the Salvatore house, Damon says, New Jersey, because that's where the anchor is. He says, the supernatural other world is bound by an object in Snooky's backyard. It was Jersey Shore. Jersey Shore was out, yeah. Got a name drop Snooky a little bit. (laughs) Silas says, it's in a stockyard and it's being shipped out. So we really need to, hello, Hunter, because he notices Jeremy's there. Pointing a crossbow at him. And it's like, Jerry, what's the point of that? Yeah, it's like, what are we doing this for? Silas says, banner day for you. Didn't you and the Bennett witch used to, and he goes, click, click, whistle, whistle. He's doing a little, doing a little bit. <laughs> Which is, a, didn't used to, <laughs> <laughs> didn't used to, boing, <laughs> I wish he did a couple more silly sound effects. Yeah. Elena says, knock it off. She says, it's okay, Jeremy. We all want the same thing today. Silas dead, Bonnie alive. And Damon says, a.k.a. put down the crossbow Pocahontas. And Jeremy says, we're just supposed to believe he's going to bring Bonnie back to life out of the goodness of his heart. And Silas says, well, I hope not. I'm kind of a monster. And it's like, (laughs) yeah, you you kind of are supposed to hope that. You have no other fucking leads. Because if you kill him right now, he's certainly not going to bring Bonnie back. So you're kind of stuck. Yeah. Silas says, you know, guys, I'm feeling really ganged up on right now. 
I would hate to lose my temper and do something crazy. And then he like uses his fingers as like little lighters. He has like fire coming out of his fingers. Very cool move. It's a very cool move, but it's very low stakes. And they are like very scared of it in a way that is like kind of an overreaction to like a little bit of fire. I think he's implying that he would burn the house down and they don't have another house. So. Yeah, they're running low on Thanks houses. To somebody. <laughs> yeah. He laughs and then he says, I just really love being a witch again. I feel like I'm constantly reinventing myself. I'm like a supernatural Madonna. Don't you think? I want to know who told him about Madonna. (laughs) (laughs) That's my question. Because I don't think he stumbled into that on his own. He had to seek it out. We go back over to Tessa's cabin. And Stefan says, so Silas read your mind and figured out where the anchor is. Now what? Tessa says, you know that old ancient story I told you about the travelers? Oh, wait. No, you don't. I fried your brain. Oops. These two are really just a match made in heaven. Yeah. <laughs> she says, okay, so the travelers, mm-hmm. you know how Silas wants to destroy the other side so he can be at peace with that slut Amara that he calls his one true love? The travelers don't want that. She just had to get a little slut in there. Stefan says, why not? And Tessa says, not important. Mm, scratch that. Very important. I'm just not going to answer it. Stefan says, you know what? I think I need to be drunk to understand this story. And then he pours himself some more tequila. I mean, it can't hurt. Tessa says the travelers have been in possession of the anchor for 2000 years. They constantly move it so it doesn't fall into the wrong hands. And they're not going to let him get near it, at least not before I kill him. And Stefan says, well, what if they fail? And Tessa says he won't destroy it. He won't be able to because it's a murder, but we don't know this. <laughs> yeah. Yet. Stefan says, why not? And she says, let's file that under the not going to answer category. Yeah, she implies that he physically won't be able to, but it's emotional. Yeah. <laughs> Over at the Salvador house, Silas says, all right, we got to get going. Let's grab some crowbars from the garage. Jeremy says, what for? Silas says, does it fucking matter, dude? What do you think? What do you use a crowbar for? Get in the car. <laughs> and then he turns to Elena and says, you, you're not going men only. <laughs> and she says, are you serious? And Jamie's like, no, he's not serious. And Silas is like, no, I'm 100% serious. She's a freaky carbon copy of my one true love, Amara. You can understand why I don't want to stare at her imposter face all day. And Damon says, that makes no sense. And Silas says, "Mm, it would make complete sense if you were ever in love with anybody who looked exactly like her. There's a beat. (laughs) Yeah, we take a beat. Pregnant pause. We let that sink in. (laughs) Neither Damon nor Elena let anything slip. Good job, guys. And Damon's like, that's not that weird for me, actually. Damon's like, actually, you can get past it if you really try. Yeah, actually, it's not that hard to get past it. (laughs) elena says you know what this is ridiculous we're bringing my best friend back from the dead i'm going silas sighs because he doesn't really want to like have a whole like long-winded conversation so he just magically shoots her in the leg with an arrow and he (laughs) says next one goes in the hut so let's hurry up i only have till sundown till tessa tries to stop me and he heads out the door assumes jeremy and damon will follow him which they do Mm -hmm. at the cabin stefan says okay well the one good thing about having amnesia is that i don't remember how i got in the middle of any of this you look like the guy. Yeah, it's not like that complex. And you know that you dated Elena. They, that's been told to you. It's pretty clear how you got involved. Tessa says, rest easy, sweet pea. Don't you worry about a thing. Silas will die today and he will spend eternity on the other side, as far away from Amura and peace as possible. I have it all covered. You don't scheme as long as I have without considering every possibility. Apparently you do. Yeah. <laughs> she tries to go out the door, but she's magically stuck at the threshold. I know he just recently became a witch. Kind of feels like she should have seen this one coming. Yeah. Kind of feels like she shouldn't have gone to the cabin he knew about. But probably should have kept that location locked down. I mean, you know, he read your mind. So let's let's go to a hotel for the night. Yeah. But alas, she's stuck in the house. She's pretty pissed off because she does feel stupid. She's like, I really should have seen this one coming. Yeah, because she did just brag about seeing everything coming and then got really shoved in the face. 
Yeah. With the one thing she didn't see coming. Tough day. Stefan says, oh, what's wrong? And she says, Silas put a spell on this cabin. We're stuck here till sundown. Stefan says, oh, how do you know it's sundown? She says, because I taught him the fucking spell. <laughs> then we go over to Caroline and Elena's dorm. Catherine comes out of the shower. She's got a box of brown hair dye in her hand. So she's getting rid of her grays. I was sitting there like, oh, Elena got rid of the red. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting. <laughs> Catherine looks in the mirror and Caroline comes in. She thinks it's Elena at first. Caroline says, I don't want to know if Tyler called. Don't even tell me. And then she starts taking out boxes and she says, do you want to do small appliances or toiletries? I'd compel a cute boy to pack for us, but I don't think I want to see a cute boy ever again, except for Jesse, who is conveniently not answering his phone. And I was like, damn, they're leaving college too. I got all my guesses wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Catherine says, we're moving out. And Caroline says, hello, Dr. Maxfield thinks we're vampires threatened to expose us, told us to drop out. Catherine says, right, that sucks. And then Caroline realizes it's Catherine. Yeah, Caroline's like, okay. <laughs> so she pushes her into the wall and says, what are you doing in my dorm, Catherine? And Catherine says, I just need a place to crash. And Caroline says, but I loathe you. And Catherine says, I am desperate. Damon kicked me out. Stefan doesn't remember me. And I just spent my last $20 on a meal I didn't even get to enjoy. <laughs> Tough day. Caroline says, how is any of this my problem? And Catherine says, look at you. Moving out, giving up. It's very un-Caroline of you. You need me. And Caroline lets her go because she knows this is kind of a ploy, but also she's like, I mm, kind of do need you. It can't hurt. She's like, yeah, I don't really want to move. So if you have an idea. Catherine says, in exchange for a place to stay and Elena's meal card. That's key. <laughs> she says, I love you deal with doctor whoever. And she's like, listen, place to stay, negotiable. Meal card, non-negotiable. She said, I am hungry. I need to get to a buffet. <laughs> Caroline says, Dr. Maxfield is who we have to deal with. He teaches bio. And Catherine says, I'm sorry, what? You're scared of a teacher? <laughs> She said, oh, this is going to be easy. Yeah. She said, I would have done this for one meal. Yeah, literally. <laughs> she said, you really need to take a crash course on Bill 101. But luckily for you, I have an honorary doctorate. What do you say, Rumi? She said, I'm having fun with the college vibe. She's like, and don't get me wrong. I, I see the third bed. <laughs> that I, I clocked that one, guys. <laughs> Over at the cabin, Stefan gets a call from Elena. But Tessa answers it on Stefan's phone because Stefan's in the shower. Tessa says, Stefan's phone. And Elena says, who is this? And Tessa says, oh my God, it's uncanny. Your doppelganger voice is exactly like Amara's. It's so whiny. <laughs> it's like, okay, yeah, we're doppelgangers. Like, that's not a burn. Yeah. Can we get to the point? Elena says, Tessa, where is Stefan? And Tessa says, he's here. Well, you know, not here, here. He went to the shower. Between us girls, he works up quite the sweat. It's like, girl. Elena, you should be seeing right through this. Tessa says, but I guess you know that. Might I leave him a message? And Elena says, yeah, remind him you're a crazy bitch. <laughs> kind of a sleigh burn she got her there but then tessa says mm, i would but i think that's maybe his type and hangs up and she kind of ate with that one yeah then we go over to the car that damon silas and jeremy are in headed to new jersey elena calls damon and says he's with tessa why does he keep going back to her and damon says i don't know like amnesia stefan is like a really fickle and silas interrupts he doesn't even really let them get this far into the conversation silas says wait you didn't tell elena what you did to stefan and Damon's like, shut up. Damon said, please shut the hell up. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Elena says, tell me what? You can tell Damon's kind of like, mm, can I get away with not telling her? And then he's like, mm, I might as well just do it. Yeah. And he says, Silas needed his psychic juju to get into Tessa's head. And the only way to temporarily reactivate his abilities was to break Stefan's neck a couple times. It's like, that's not that bad. It's really not. <laughs> He's fine. He's alive. Yeah. Elena says, as if he didn't hate us enough, Damon, I'm going over there. And Silas said, oh, yeah, she really should. Tessa's bad business. Damon says, no, just let Stefan have his space. It's like you said, he's already mad enough. 
And Elena says, mm, sounds like he's more mad at you. Maybe he and I can find some common ground. And she hangs up. Elena, you're falling right into it. It's too easy. Sometimes you can just stay home. You yeah. just said you wanted a relaxing day. Guess what? You're not invited on the trip today. Just chill. Yeah, go hang out. Order some pizza, watch a movie. And then hopefully at the end of the day, your best friend is back. And if she's not, then the day, you know, ends just as it began. Yeah. But you're more relaxed. Exactly. It's awkward in the car. So Silas tries to lighten the tension with a joke. He says, knock, knock. No one bites. David and Jeremy <laughs> do not bite. Uh, so he just pretty much does the joke solo. He says, knock, knock. Who's there? The mayor. The mayor who? Silent. Damon can't stand the silence. He says, who? And Silas says, no one. That's the joke. No one's there because I killed the mayor. He just learned about knock, knock jokes and he doesn't quite get them. Real stinker of a joke. Real <laughs> yeah. stinker of a joke. There are a lot of ways to make you killing the mayor funny. This wasn't one of them. Yeah, it's not his best hit, but he's giggling to himself. And the joke really was for him. So <laughs> that was not for anyone else in the car. He just wanted to hear himself talk. He just wanted to remind them that he killed the mayor. <laughs> Jeremy says, you're a dick. Silas giggle giggles. Then we go over to Dr. Maxfield's lab. He is doing some experiment with the vampire blood. Or we assume it's the vampire blood. Yeah, yeah it he's, is. He's, he's says looking it. at it in the microscope. Yeah. He's talking into his tape recorder. He says, subject 62547, a.k.a. Jesse, blood film analysis. And then he, like, hears some noises. He looks up. The door's open. He doesn't close it or anything. Weird. But he resumes his tape recorder speech. He says, cellular growth rate is phenomenal, as expected. And then he, like, looks up again. So this time he like walks around, he puts down the recorder for a second and he sees the door is like in a different position. It's like still open, but more closed. And then he hears a whoosh and then he looks and the tape recorder is gone. And then he sees Caroline and he's like, what are you doing here? And then behind him, Catherine injects him with something in a syringe and he passes out. Good job, guys. They smile at each other. It's a girl's day. Another perfect plan by Catherine and Caroline. Then we go back over to the cabin. Elena arrives and Tessa says, well, if it isn't Stefan's faded love. Elena says, where is he? And Tessa says, come on in. Who am I to stand in the way of destiny? And she does come inside. Tessa's like, you know what? At least I can mess with you today. <laughs> yeah. So I can keep myself entertained till sundown, at least. Stefan sees Elena come in. And he says, oh, you shouldn't have walked through that door. And Elena says, I'm sorry. I wouldn't have let Damon do what he did to you. And Stefan says, mm, sure you would have. You have this annoying tendency to do anything he tells you to do. Okay, tell us how you really feel. Yeah, gagged her a bit, I fear. <laughs> Tessa says, I'm no shrink, but I think it's called codependence. You would know. You're codependent on a guy you just met because he looks like a guy who dumped you. Yeah, it's embarrassing. That's the thing. Elena, you cannot allow yourself to get hurt by her, okay? This is like Rebecca, but even more embarrassing. Like if Rebecca never let Alexander go. Yeah, if Rebecca was still obsessed with Alexander. Like, come on, Elena, you are stronger than this girl and it's not close. So Elena tries to ignore Tessa and she says to Stefan, look, I get you upset with us from, you know, everything. But do you really think sleeping with Tessa is going to solve anything? Stefan's like, why would I have done that? <laughs> Stefan says, who said I was sleeping with Tessa? And of course, who else would but Tessa? She's so <laughs> real for that. They look at her and she says, I am so bad with messages. Oh, uh, Elena called. She's wondering why you're here. And I might have embellished for effect. And you know what? It's Elena's fault for believing that. Yeah, this is on Elena. Elena says, okay. And you can tell Elena's like, I was kind of being stupid. She <laughs> says, I just came here to like make sure she hadn't done some fatal attraction spell on you. But now that I know you're good, I am going to go. And then she tries and she gets stuck at the threshold. And Stefan says, yeah, you really shouldn't have come inside. <laughs> 
Tessa smiles because she knows she's going to have a fun day, except she's not going to have a fun day because she wants to mess with these two, but she also wants to matchmake them. Like she wants to win over a generations long love story that she already knows exists. Girl, (laughs) did you try? Did you try today? (laughs) Did you even try to be happy today? (laughs) We go over to the New Jersey warehouse. Silas gets out of the car and he says, how do you do it, Damon? How can you stand being here while your girlfriend sits at home worrying about her doppelganger soulmate? Number one, you're the one who told him to leave her behind. (laughs) And Damon says, it's called being secure. I'm assuming you know a little bit about that by the way you wear your hair. Simple burn, elegant. One thing about Damon, he is not great at the burns because usually people get under his skin too much. He can't get under someone else's skin, but he can insult their hair. Yeah, and he will. He can and he will. That's all reliable for him. Yeah. Damon says, please don't tell me you believe in this doppelganger prophecy crap. Now, of course, Silas does. Yeah, he's like the original one. Why would he not believe it? He thinks he's the center of the universe. And this prophecy proves that to him. So, of course, he believes it. Yeah. Silas says, "Mm, what do you mean crap? Do you not notice the universe trying to mirror my love for Mura by trying to bring our two doppelgangers together? And Damon says, you do realize that by destroying the other side that you are personally moving heaven and earth to be together. That's not fate. That's you being a crazy person. The point of that actually holds up pretty well. It's like, mm-hmm. mm, you're forcing it. But he's also just trying to shut down this conversation. Yeah. They go inside. And Jeremy says, okay, so where's this stupid anchor thing? And Silas says, mm, I have no idea. Damon <laughs> says, what do you mean? Silas says, give me some credit. I did physically dive into Tessa's mind to see this specific warehouse. And Jeremy says, okay, what does it look like? And Silas says, again, no idea. <laughs> like Tessa created it after she locked me away in a tomb and left me to starve, remember? Yeah, he's like, again, I saw the warehouse. We're here. Yeah. Let's start. Why do you think I made you bring the crowbars? And Damon says, you don't know where it is or what it looks like. And Silas says, it binds us both to a supernatural hell dimension. It's not going to look like a freaking Ikea sink. And then they start looking. I mean, it could. It could. Well, it has to at least be from ancient times. So that's one clue. Then we go over to Dr. Maxfield's lab. Dr. Maxfield is tied to a chair. And then he comes to. And Caroline and Catherine are just catching up. Caroline says, what'd you inject him with? And Catherine says, I don't know. It just says avoid contact with eyes and do not ingest. Oh, oops. He says, that's a torphine. And Catherine says, there you go. Do you know what a torphine is? No. Okay, I'm not going to Google it. I don't really care. (laughs) If you knew, I figured you could give us some expertise, but (laughs) no. (laughs) Not that kind of scientist. That's what I figured. Dr. Maxfield says, what are you doing, Elena? And Catherine smartly does not tell him that she's not Elena until the very end. Yeah, she keeps that one locked up. Good move. Caroline says, we are draining your vervain blood out of your system so that I can compel you to forget Elena and I are vampires. But Dr. Maxfield says, what? You're going to kill me. Caroline says, okay, shush. I'm trying to do some math. And then she's like, okay, so the average male has five liters of blood in his system. And Catherine says, yeah, that sounds about right. And then Catherine says, "Mm, just round up. And Caroline says, perfect. 1.7 pints. Should I use the right or the left arm? And he's like, I don't want you to do it. He said, neither. (laughs) He says, at the very least, like, untie me and let me find the vein myself. Like, you're going to kill me. First of all, with a needle. Like, okay, it'll take them a couple tries, maybe, but I'm sure they can find a vein. Yeah. Catherine says, gimme. It's not my first rodeo. She says, gimme one of those tubey things and some tape. She puts in the needle. She tapes it down. She puts on the tubey thing. And blood starts coming out. And Carolyn says, oh, my God, it's totally working. And Catherine says, ta-da. Women in STEM. They are so women in STEM. (laughs) And Caroline said, I'm a theater major, but then look at her go. Catherine picks up a scalpel and turns Dr. Maxfield and holds it to his neck. She says, so you tell me who else knows about us? And he says, "Mm, if you were willing to kill me, you wouldn't have gone through all this trouble, which is actually a great read. Got to hand it Dr. Maxfield there. Yeah. He says, you should have left when I told you. They're on to you. 
And Caroline says, who's they? The people you want to expose us to? That secret society thingy you belong to? And to be fair, she was right on with that because he's the one who fucking told them. Yeah. Dr. Maxfield says, there's a gathering today at Whitmore House. The society is using it to suss out potential candidates. They were going to invite you, he says to Elena, until they started suspecting you were a vampire. And Catherine says, so all I have to do is convince them that Elena Gilbert isn't a vampire? Done. She said, easy job. And Dr. Maxfield says, you fool. They'll never let you in. And a vampire can never get past the threshold. And Caroline and Catherine just smile. Catherine's like, oh, this day is even easier. This one's going to be a bit of a layup. <laughs> he said, and, and just like that, I got my lunch. <laughs> yeah. Then we go back over to the warehouse. The boys are searching. They're going through crates. Bonnie comes up to Jeremy as he's like opening a crate. She says, Haha, what did that crate do to you? It's like, let him keep looking so you can move this along. <laughs> he says, Bonnie, what are you doing here? What do you mean, what are you doing here? What else does she have to do? Yeah. She says, I didn't want to miss the excitement. It's not every day a girl comes back from the dead. And he says, don't jinx it. And she said, mm, I'm not jinxing it. I'm just being realistic. She says, no, I'm being serious. It's really rare that this happens and works. <laughs> She's like, I just want to say, like, it's not a dime store spell. I, when it, I brought you back, it killed me. Like, it's just not something I'm going to count on. OK, which a totally healthy approach to have to the day. Yeah. He says, no, not OK. Have some faith. If you believe it can work and I believe it can work, then it will work. What? Not how it works. <laughs> what kind of logic? Have you been on this show the past five seasons, Jeremy? It does not come to belief. And then how about this? How about you just believe the other side doesn't exist? Is that going to work, Jeremy? Yeah. How about you just believe that Silas is dead? <laughs> you just all need to believe it really hard. Actually, just believe that Bonnie's not dead. That'll be even easier. Even easier. You got her. We're done. Show over. <laughs> come on. <laughs> Credits roll. Grow up. <laughs> And then he was like, say it. You need to say it. And she says, it'll work. She indulges him. Yeah. He says, thank you. She's like, I still feel the same, but at least I tricked you. And then she says, uh, Jeremy, just so we're clear, like I would die a hundred times over just to have you standing here alive in front of me. And he says, before today is over, we're going to know what this feels like. And it's him touching her face. You know what it feels like. Yeah, you, you felt her face before. felt it in a while. And you felt other and you faces. Won't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Go touch Damon's face. It's almost the same. Pretty similar. He keeps that shit smooth. Yeah. I know he's um, moisturizing. I know he's got a skincare routine. <laughs> Jeremy smiles, but Bonnie looks sad because, you know, she's, again, she's not an idiot. Yeah, and she's been dead for like three, maybe four months at this point. She's like, you know what? It might be time for me to accept that I'm dead. Yeah. I did just go to my funeral. I'm kind of coming to terms with it. Elsewhere in the warehouse, Silas goes up to Damon and says, hey, quit dawdling. We need to find this thing before the travelers show up. And Damon says, why are they so interested in this anchor? And Silas says, they hate me for creating the immortality spell. And they know the anchor is the only thing standing between me and my soulmate. Every love story needs that one thing that just keeps getting in the way. Kind of like you, Damon. And Silas, there's more than one thing getting in the way. Multiple people want to stop you. The five, the travelers. There are not people much in support of you and Amara's love story, I hate to tell you. You're about the only one. I'm not even convinced Amara's in support yeah. of it, okay? Amara doesn't even seem that into it. She didn't seem excited to see you. Damon says, you know, you might be an all-powerful witch, but I'll happily kill you if you keep that up. And Silas says, mm, no, you won't. Not until I bring your girlfriend's bestie back. Yeah, Silas is like, I have leverage, baby. Damon's phone rings. It says it's from Stefan. So Damon picks it up and says, isn't this a pleasant surprise? And Tessa says, you ain't seen nothing yet. I'm occupied at the moment, so I need you to go ahead and kill Silas for me. 
And Damon says, I would really love to do that. Honestly, truly, I would be so happy to. But he's such a control freak that he wants to off himself himself. And Tessa says, you mean after he destroys the other side? That's not going to happen. Plus, I want him dead before he has the pleasure of finding the anchor. And Damon says, yeah, not going to happen. And Tessa says, kill him now. Just get your hostage out of the way. This isn't working. Elena says, Damon. And Tessa says, okay, did I mention I lured your girlfriend here to me? I, BTW, used the oldest trick in the book. Jealousy of Stefan. Thought you should know. She's loving that. (laughs) (laughs) She is giggling, giggling. She does a little spell, like an aneurysm spell to Elena. So Elena like groans in pain. And Damon says, hey, stop it. And Stefan says, Tessa. And Damon says, look, I can't kill him yet. He has to do something for me first. And Tessa says, is that something more important than Elena? Because Silas put a spell on this house and bound it to the sun, which means we're trapped here till sundown, which means you have until then to kill Silas or I kill Elena. And with a face like Amara's, it might be cathartic. Bye now. She hangs up. You've still got some time. I mean, let's keep looking for the anchor. Let's speed up the search process. Maybe you and Jeremy will stop dilly-dallying. Yeah. Opening boxes. Maybe this is the motivation you needed. Yeah. You got time. Damon angrily smashes a crate because things are not going his way today. But at least he opened it. At least he searched. Imagine if he smashed the crate with a mower and it like shattered her into a million pieces. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oops. <laughs> uh, I think I found the anchor. <laughs> uh, we got a problem. It's right behind me, isn't it? <laughs> we go over to Whitmore House. Catherine arrives in Elena drag. She knocks at the door. Diane answers. We'll remember Diane from episode one of this season. She's like the head of campus security and she was dressed like a full ass detective. Yeah, the head of campus security in a suit. And she also loves to say her name. (laughs) But here she's letting her hair down. She's wearing a dress. And she says, Miss Gilbert. And Catherine says, oh, you know me? And Diane says, I'm Diane Freeman. We met the night your roommate died. Catherine covers it up. She says, oh, right. Crazy night. Anyway, I am here for the shindig. And Diane says, I didn't realize you'd be joining us. And Catherine says, did I forget to RSVP? I have been so busy with my studies. (laughs) And Diane says, okay, well, we just started the tea. She notably doesn't invite Catherine in, even if she does own this house, which we don't know. Yeah. And Catherine, I think, is doing little bits by having this conversation outside the door. Like she wants to build the suspense. Oh, yeah. She wants Diane to think she got her. And then Catherine walks right in, no invite needed. And Diane is like shook. This is the most juicy gossip Diane has ever received. She can't wait to tell everyone this. She's like, that fucking dumbass Dr. Maxfield was so wrong. Catherine says, got any food? Because she's here for the food if she's here for one thing. She's like, and by tea, you mean food, right? Because come on. She goes to the food table. It's like a sandwich buffet. You know, it's, you know, tea snacks. She eats a ton and stuffs her purse with food. She's so real. It's not a big purse. Yeah, she really fills it up. She takes some napkins. She happens to be standing next to Aaron, who Catherine doesn't know, but Elena does. We met him last episode. Aaron is watching her and she looks at him and she says, what, are you the sandwich police? (laughs) I love that for her. (laughs) She's so real. She got right to the point. (laughs) He laughs because, you know, in his mind, they're friends now. He refused to tell her his name, but whatever. He thought they kind of had a rapport going. (laughs) He says, I'm just trying to figure out why Wes told me to stay away from you. And she says, do I know you? (laughs) Catherine, just pretend you know everyone. She doesn't have the energy. (laughs) She's here for the sandwiches. She's not. She doesn't really care if this is a convincing performance. Yeah. She's just here for the meal card. Well, the people here don't know Elena well enough to catch most of these things. Exactly. So that helps. So it all works out. Aaron says, yeah, I'm Aaron. We met yesterday. You changed your hair. And she says, oh, Aaron, duh. 
hi. And Catherine says, oh, so what are you doing here? Are you part of the secret society? <laughs> she whispers <laughs> it. She's so real. She's so real. And Aaron says, the what? And she says, you know, the society. She's so funny. The society. <laughs> and he says, I still have no idea. And she says, wow, either you're genuinely clueless or you're very good at keeping secrets. Which one do you think it is? I think it's clueless because they all got invited here to hear about the secret society. Why would he pretend that it doesn't exist? Yeah, that's true. It seems like they're like recruiting right now. Yes. And Wes said most recruits are legacies. Yes. So do you think Aaron is there because he's a legacy and maybe he just hasn't been told about it yet? Yeah, I think so. Or do you think he's been told to like keep it secret until they know recruits are good? And do you think maybe he's suspicious because Elena wasn't supposed to be here? I think he doesn't know what's going on. You think he's just clueless? I think he's being recruited today as a legacy. She already got inside. Like, you can tell that she's not a vampire from that, supposedly. Exactly. Assuming he knows about vampires. Yeah, that's my read on it. Sure. She laughs at her own comments. <laughs> and then she coughs and she turns away and she spits up one of her teeth. And one of the molars, too. Not yeah. an easy one to fall it's out. It's like full. It has like uh, legs. Yeah. Whatever you call them for teeth. <laughs> And Aaron says, is that your tooth? Catherine doesn't answer. She says, what is happening to me? And then she leaves. And as she's leaving, he's like, was that your tooth? He really wants to know if it was your tooth. He's like, what is in these sandwiches? Are they safe to eat? He's like, can I have one of these? What about my teeth? <laughs> then we go back over to the cabin. Stefan and Tessa are sitting on the couch looking at like takeout menus. And Elena is sitting on the floor. And it's like, Elena, I know this is an uncomfortable situation you find yourself in. But do you really think Stefan is this stupid? Yeah. I guess she didn't ever see Stefan interact with Tessa. Well, I think she's assuming the amnesia just like is really strong. Yeah. She's assuming that like he left the ball with Tessa and she didn't really see them interact at the ball. But if she did, they might have looked like they were flirting. Yeah. Because she saw Silas really turn on the chirp. So she's sitting on the floor moping. And Tessa's like, look at all the incredible things they've dreamt up with food. Pineapple on pizza. Girl, there are so much cooler things. Cell phones have been invented. There's music. Pizza's been invented. You, you still got to swallow pizza before you get into pineapple. Well, and like I get there's new things that you haven't seen before. I'm intrigued by Cheetos first and foremost. Yeah. Step one. Like I'm not looking into pizza toppings as the weird things. Like I'm in the cereal aisle like what the fuck is all of this? I'm looking at Blue Raspberry Jolly Ranchers like what the motherfucking hell? <laughs> <laughs> I'm seeing like all this other fucking produce that I never got to eat. There's meat everywhere. I got meat once a year. <laughs> like I have a lot to handle. Buffalo wings are blowing my mind. Yeah. I ate something and it was salty. There was seasoning on it. There was flavor. Garlic powder? What the fuck? <laughs> it's an endless world of excitement. Tessa looks at Elena and says, oh, so sad. Let me guess. Gluten-free? That is that 2010s humor, baby. Yeah, she does know about gluten-free. <laughs> Elena says, how did you get here alive from the other side? Like, how'd you come back to life? She's curious. She can't hold it any longer. Yeah, because she's like, why is this bothering my life? Why are you here? What's your gig? <laughs> and Tessa says, oh, yeah, that. You can blame your friend Bonnie for that. She opened the door and then distracted herself when she brought your little brother back to life. So I just walked through when she died. Seems like more people should have come up with that. But yeah. Maybe she did some special spell to stay once she walked through. That makes sense. Elena says, well, today, Silas was going to bring her back to life after he got the anchor. But you told my boyfriend, who has never put anyone's life before mine, including his own, to kill Silas before he could do that. 
So no, I'm not sad about the pizza. And Tessa's like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. She's like, I really wasn't asking. I was kind of doing a silly joke in front of my new boyfriend. Yeah, I was, <laughs> I was showing him how, how fun and sweet I am. And yeah. definitely not crazy. That was Ketsia. Tessa is cool and laid back and just makes jokes about pizza. And just likes bacon and tequila. <laughs> Stefan says, you know what? Why don't we forget about the pizza? What do you say I make you something? Tessa, I need you to be so absolutely serious. <laughs> There's no reason that Elena should be falling for this. Step one, there is absolutely no reason Tessa should be falling for this. Like, I know that Tessa knows this is Stefan and not Silas. Yeah. But after last episode, when Silas, like, schooled you so hard with, like, very basic flirting... Maybe let's take a week off of flirting and let's take yeah. longer off of flirting with men who look like Paul Wesley. Wasn't that just like a nice memory of how actually I shouldn't trust this guy just because he looks like a guy I like? I mean, it's just embarrassing for her. Shouldn't you think, hey, you know what, girl? My picker's off. At this point, he's another hostage. Take out some of your anger at Silas on him. He looks just like him. Why are you doing this? Yeah. <laughs> Tessa says, ooh, how about roasted duck? And Stefan says, do you have a duck? <laughs> She says, no, but maybe I can lure one inside. A duck? What is your plan to lure a duck in? You're in the woods. You'll be lucky if you lure in a squirrel. I mean, whatever. And she says, I got Elena in. How much smarter could a duck be? Clearly, she brings up the duck to just like get this zinger in. It's not even a good zinger. And it's funny because, you know, Tessa and Stefan giggle. Elena cries. And I know Elena's crying at other things, but it makes it seem like Elena's crying because Tessa compared her to a duck. It's such a low stakes burn out of nowhere. Like you're saying I'm as dumb as a duck. Like that's not even one of the animals that's known for being dumb. Yeah, it's just like not specific enough to be hurtful. It would have been funnier to compare her to a chicken because chickens are stupider. Although I think they are sentient, but whatever. It doesn't matter. (laughs) It, It just is such a weird burn. I mean, it works. Elena's in a place where any burn would work for her. Yeah. So then we go back to the warehouse. Outside, Jeremy and Damon convene. And Jeremy says, we can't kill Silas. He's the only one that can bring Bonnie back. And he's not going to bring her back until right before he destroys the other side. And Damon's like, I know the situation we're in. But like, we got outsmarted. Here we are. Damon says, yeah, well, Tessa wants to do it now. And something tells me that patience isn't really her strong suit. And Jeremy says, Damon. You promised Elena that she would see Bonnie again. And Damon says, you don't think I'm aware of that? Damon's like, I feel bad about that. And I wish this wasn't the situation. But she's the one that went to that house. Damon says, I didn't even want to promise anybody anything until this was done. But here we are. Damon says, if Tessa kills Elena, guess who's not going to make it to Bonnie's welcome home party? The plan is off, Jeremy. Bonnie's not coming back. Sorry. Sucks. But what can you do? Yeah, it is what it is. Damon goes back inside and Bonnie appears. And she says, it's okay, Jeremy. And Jeremy says, Bonnie, she's my sister. Bonnie says, do you not know me at all? Is there like a part of you that thinks for one minute that I'd let one of my friends die just so I could come back to life? I'm dead. As much as I wish I could come back, maybe I'm just supposed to accept that. Bonnie's like, in what world would I sacrifice Elena to come back? Come on, I understand she's the main character here. Can you imagine if Bonnie was like, no, Jeremy, if you believe it will happen and I believe it, it'll work. Now, do you see how stupid that sounds? (laughs) Jeremy says, we were so close. And she says, yeah, I know we were, but go help him kill Silas. And Jeremy goes inside and Bonnie takes a minute to be sad. Inside the warehouse, Damon's looking around and he runs into some random guy. 
So I think we can all assume that's the, the travelers that found him. Yeah, exactly. And then he starts speaking Czech. So then we're like, okay, probably a traveler. And Damon says, you know, I've met a lot of witches in my day, but never quite heard that one before, whatever spell he's doing. Another uh, random guy appears, also starts speaking Czech. So Damon says, let me guess, travelers. They start a spell and Damon's like a little confused by it at first, but then he steps into the sun and burns, despite the fact that he has his daylight ring on. And he says, why do you witches always go for the daylight ring? (laughs) And then he runs to one of them and grabs the heart and says, look, I was about to do your little Euro tribe a favor. Like, I want to kill Silas too. And the other guy says, that's the problem. We don't want him dead yet. If y'all don't make up your damn minds, because you wanted him dead. Damon says, well, that is super not going to work for me. So he takes a knife from the guy whose hurt he's grabbed, throws that knife at the second guy, and then throws the hurt out of the first. So they're both dead. Yeah. So made quick work of them. So sorry, travelers. Should have traveled elsewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then we go back over to Dr. Maxfield's lab. Caroline is just like sitting. Facing out. Yeah, just facing out. Just thinking. And Dr. Maxfield's like, uh, hey, you're oddly calm, which only adds to my complete and utter terror. And she says, uh, sorry, I spaced. And she goes to take the tube out. He says, you spaced? Caroline, I could have bled to death. And she says, you know what? I just broke up with my boyfriend for good. My heart is in pieces. Sue me for having a moment. And he's like, you're draining me of my blood. He said, I'm sorry, but I kind of think I'm in the right here. I think I can be a little more angry than you. But instead, he says, my apologies. Is the moment over? And she says, yes, it is. Now answer my questions truthfully. She starts to compel him. She says, what is the secret society? And he says, it's called Augustine. And she says, I have never heard of it. And he says, that's the point. He said, it's a secret society. She says, well, how do you become a member? And he says, most recruits are legacies, but some were chosen for our extraordinary talents. And she says, and what is your extraordinary talent? And he says, being brilliant. Not a talent. (laughs) (laughs) He so thought he ate. Even compelled, he said, "Mm, I'm brilliant. Yeah. Caroline says, not to mention you're willing to lie on autopsy reports like my roommates. You knew she was killed by a vampire. Is that why you covered up her death? And he says, no, I covered up her death because it wasn't just any vampire. It was the Augustine vampire. And it's like, okay, sure. And who's that? She (laughs) says, so your creepy elitist society also has their own vampire. Who is it? Who do you think it is? Anyone we know? Oh, that's a great question. Not Dr. Maxfield. I'll tell you that right now. Especially because he got compelled. Yeah. I mean, I have to throw Diane out. I don't (laughs) think it's Diane, but I have to say it. We have to. We've been seeing too much of Diane. Um, I did. I did say while we were watching that the Augustine vampire is Grayson Gilbert. It could be. I have to throw that out as well. Because I said, Grayson's coming back. They named him too aggressively. And you know what? I could still be right about that. Yeah. And we've been talking a lot about Grayson this season. Those are my main guesses. My other possibility, given the legacy and testing on Jesse, um, is that it's someone related to Jesse, whether it be a father, Mm. an uncle, something like that, a brother even. What about Jesse's girlfriend who we heard about but haven't heard from? I think that's... hmm. That's not really like No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Although you're reminding me that I did say we'd maybe see her. So I was like, ooh. Plus, I also, you know, I don't want to fall in the trap of guessing all men. Um, I did guess Diane, of course. What about Aaron? You think he's the Augustine vampire? No, I don't think he's important enough to be that. Because I'm guessing the Augustine vampire is kind of, well, I was going to say is the namesake of the Augustine society, but it could go either way. Yeah. What, what do you think the Augustine vampire's like gag is? Because he doesn't seem to be getting tested the way Jesse is. He or she, I should say. Well, that's interesting because actually we have to assume, well, we don't have to assume, but there's a possibility that Megan knew something about 
Augustine because she knew Grayson. We have to guess that Grayson was in Augustine because mm-hmm. Elena would be the legacy of that. Yeah, great guess. So there's a possibility that Megan knew the Augustine vampire. Mm-hmm. We knew when she was being chased, she said, he's chasing me. So actually, yes, he. So bye, Diane, you're out of the running. <laughs> Sorry, Diane. <laughs> I am guessing that the Augustine vampire is like the reason this was formed and that whoever it is like wanted to, I don't know why they would want to like keep an eye out for other vampires on campus. But that's that's my thought is the Augustine vampire killing Megan. We have to assume Megan is connected to Augustine. So the Augustine vampire may be at odds with Augustine, okay. even though that's against, you know, conventional way of thought. Do you think the Augustine vampire has any special powers that differentiate him from a normal vampire? Mm, no. Okay. Because I think they're probably testing on other vampires to get a better understanding of Augustine. So here's my question. Do you think that they're trying to make more Augustine vampires? Is And that's why he's testing on Jesse? I think there's a possibility if the Augustine vampire is on the side of Augustine, which makes more sense given the naming convention, is that there is this kind of ideal vampire who they can work with rather than vampires who they can't control. And I will also throw out one more thought sure. that, you know, this kind of goes in the face of a couple other things I've already said, but we know Whitmore was a hospital in the Civil War. Mm-hmm. It's not crazy to think that the Augustine vampire was a soldier in the Civil War or even a doctor in that hospital. Sure. But before Wes can tell Caroline who the Augustine vampire is, there's a knock at the door from Diane. Who else? Her prime suspect. <laughs> <laughs> she says, Wes, you in here? It's Diane Freeman. She loves to say her full name. <laughs> Hi, it's me, the Augustine vampire, Diane Freeman. Wes, you know, you're the Augustine vampire. As you know. Wes, Mr. Augustine vampire, it's me, Diane. Also an Augustine vampire. <laughs> Caroline unties him and says, and, you know, compels him. She says, you were wrong. Elena Gilbert and I aren't vampires. We're just regular freshmen. You're lightheaded because you gave blood this morning. Forget everything that happened here. And she gets the beakers of blood out there with, with her run. So good job. She slays it. Diane comes in and she says, so you are here. And he says, yeah, of course. Why? And she says, because it's five. You missed the Whitmore party. And he says, what? I was working. The, the day must have gotten away from me. He's very confused. Yeah. Probably the loss of blood. <laughs> <laughs> and she says, that's not all you missed. Guess who I watched strut right through the front door? Elena Gilbert. She said, bitch, I have something to say. <laughs> <laughs> she says, clearly not a vampire. What made you so convinced she was? So he actually snitched on them. He was like, get out of here. Someone's asking questions. It was you. <laughs> it was him. <laughs> and the question was, have you guys heard Elena's a vampire? Yeah. He says, I have no idea. I, I guess I was wrong. And then we go back to the cabin. Stefan is cooking dinner. He is acting. He feeds Tessa some food on a spoon. She touches his arm. Elena is sitting at the table just stewing. Yeah, she hates this. Elena says, you know what? Okay, I get it. You hate me. (laughs) She says, you may not have any memories, Stefan, but I do. This person, she's not the type of person you would like. (laughs) And Stefan's like, girl, I know. (laughs) Tessa says, that's not very nice, especially considering I've allowed you to remain alive until sundown. It's almost sundown right now. And so she takes her phone and starts to, you know, make some calls. She steps far enough away, though, that she's out of any even remote earshot of Stefan. So Stefan quietly says, for vampires only, Elena, don't say a word. I got this. I know you think I hate you, but I don't. I won't let her hurt you, I promise. And Elena's like, oh. 
I was reading this wrong all day. Elena says, wow, I think I was being a little dramatic, actually. <laughs> Tessa is like, why the fuck isn't he picking up? Because she's trying to call Damon. Finally, Damon picks up the phone. He says, what? Tessa says, is he dead yet? Damon could at least attempt to lie. Yeah. But no, instead, Damon sees Jeremy and says, there you are. Man up, we're under attack. And then he says to Tessa, no, he's not dead yet. I've just ambushed by some of your inbred cousins. Travelers. He says, any idea why travelers who hate Silas would want to stop me from killing him? And Tessa says, mm, they probably want his blood. Silas drank the cure from Catherine. Now his blood is the cure. Damon says, but they're not immortal. So who do they want it for? And Tessa's ready to, you know, blow some minds. She's been holding this little gag in for 2000 years and she wants some appreciation for it. So she says, think about it, Damon. The Travelers aren't fans of immortality. And I had to bind the other side to something, something that would last forever, something Silas couldn't destroy. We see Silas in the warehouse find the box that has the anchor in it. Damon says, what, his favorite childhood sled? Little Citizen Kane joke for the film bros. I didn't catch that because I haven't seen Citizen Kane and I won't. So don't tell me to. That's the spoiler. It's really all about his sled. Cool. Rosebud. (laughs) Yeah, Rosebud is the sled. See, I know all I need to know. Oh, so you've seen it. (laughs) (laughs) Tessa says something a little closer to his heart. 2,000 years old, immortal, indestructible. And it's at this point where you're like, oh, so it's not a literal anchor. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I said, I see it. Yeah. Well, she said something a little closer to his heart. And I was like, it's his heart. <laughs> like, it's literally his heart. And then I was like, oh. <laughs> Silas goes to open the crate. And Tessa says, you're a quick boy, Damon. Figure it out. She hangs up. And at the cabin, Stefan quickly stabs Tessa and tosses her against the wall. She had that one coming. She left him with a knife. She let him cook. <laughs> Stefan says, Elena, run. Elena runs because the sun has set so she can go out the door. Stefan follows. And Tessa just glares. And you know what, girl? You should have seen this coming. She's like betrayed by a man that looks like that again. Man, I really am an idiot. <laughs> she said, I do wish I had learned a lesson, but TBH, if any of, of those men came to my door tomorrow, I'd fall for it all over again. Yeah. Too hot. Then we go over to the warehouse. Damon is next to Jeremy and Damon's like, no way. Not possible. Jeremy's like, what the fuck are you talking about? We see Silas open the crate and Damon says, you know, Tessa might be insane, but she's a bona fide genius. 2000 years old, immortal, indestructible. The anchor isn't a thing. It's a person. This is so slave, Tessa. This is very slave. She got him here. She got Silas on every front because even if he found a way to find peace, Amara would not be there. Yeah, even if he got the other side destroyed and found peace, like without the anchor, like if the plan with Bonnie had worked, he would have ended up at peace and been like, where's Amara? It's so Slay of Tessa because best case scenario, she ends up on the other side with him. Worst case scenario, he ends up at peace without Amara. So no matter what, he's unhappy. It's a win-win. Yeah. It's Slay. Silas opens the crate and finds a desiccated, like, stone Amara. And Damon says, she never killed Amara. Pretty little liars rules, they never fail us. If you don't see a body, they aren't dead. I will stand by that forever. Literally, I have watched so many shows where they will wait seasons to bring someone back, but there wasn't a body. And they're like, it's impossible. Think about Chuck. One of the villains falls off a bridge and they never find his body. Be so serious. Be realistic. Works every time. Silas says, oh, Amara, you're still alive. And so Silas grabs one of the dead travelers, cuts the guy's wrist, and holds it up to Amara's mouth. She feeds, and she comes back to life. Silas says, Amara, Amara, girl, it's me. She opens her eyes. Then we go outside. Silas is taking Amara to the car. She is not doing great. Yeah, she's freaking out. 
Yeah, she says, go away, leave me alone. And he says, no, no, it's okay. Who are you talking to? It's me. Silas, I feel she knows who she's talking to. (laughs) (laughs) She says, Silas, like, how is it possible? How are you here after all this time? He says, I thought you were dead. Tessa says she killed you. Side note, Amara doesn't know Tessa. She knows Ketsia. She's like, who the fuck is Tessa? (laughs) But Amara's not even really getting that far with logical thought right now. Amara says, "Mm, she lied. She couldn't kill me. There was only one cure. She wanted it for you. And he says, I did take it. I'm sorry. So the thing is, I did definitely take it. Um, (laughs) He says, I wanted to be with you. I wanted to be at peace with you. And she says, oh, the cure runs in your veins? She said, oh, okay. I I get it. She said, hell yeah, I can. Now I can kill myself. Perfect. (laughs) She said, fuck yes. I've been waiting 2000 years for this opportunity. (laughs) (laughs) He says, I was ready to die for you. And she hugs him. It's like, oh, how sweet. And then she grabs a shard of glass. And she <laughs> says, I love you, Silas. I am so sorry. And she stabs him in the neck. She says, I have to be cured. And she feeds from him. And then she says, I cannot live another day. Then we go back over to Dr. Maxfield's lab. He's doing his thing. He's studying blood. And he looks confused. And then he realizes he can't find his tape recorder. He's like, where the fuck did I put that thing? I'm not going to get a notebook. I don't know how to write. <laughs> <laughs> Catherine comes in, still in her Elena drag, and Dr. Maxfield says, Elena Gilbert, what brings you by? She tosses him his tape recorder, and he says, how'd you get this? And she says, mystery. (laughs) Mystery. (laughs) She says, I listened to about half before I nearly blew my brains out from boredom, except for the part about your subject's blood being abnormal. That part was mildly interesting. And he says, well, thanks for returning it. And she says, now that subject, 62547, right? Is that the Augustine vampire? And he says, I think you should go. (laughs) He's like, how do you know about that? (laughs) He says, who told you that word? (laughs) She says, oh, and do what? Sprinkle all your dirty little secrets across campus, like Augustine and all the vampire experiments that you've been doing? Come on, Dr. West, aren't you supposed to be some sort of genius? I'm sure we can come up with a creative solution for our little predicament. See, and this is why you vet people going into secret societies beyond if they can walk in the door. Yes. (laughs) Because some people... They may not be vampires, but they do have a big fucking mouth. Yes. Dr. Maxfield says, you know, I have to say, if I wasn't such a genius, he really wants us to remember he's a genius. Really? Because it doesn't seem like you're that big of a genius. Okay. He says, if I wasn't such a genius, I might actually think you were blackmailing me, Elena. And she says, actually, my name's Catherine. Elena's my doppelganger. Who's the fucking genius now, bitch? (laughs) She says, and while I let you chew on that, I'll admit there is something that I can't solve on my own. She holds out her tooth. He says, is that a tooth? She says, yes, it's my tooth. She says, why is everyone so confused? It's a tooth. How difficult is it? It's obviously a tooth. (laughs) She says, I think I'm dying and I need you to save my life. And I mean, he's got all this fancy blood studies. He might as well. You think he's going to be able to figure something out to save Catherine? Do you think he'll help her? I think he can figure something out. And I think he's going to feel like he has to help her. When it is also unclear at this point, now that Silas drank Catherine's blood, the cure is in his blood. It's unclear if the cure remains in her blood as well, or if it's That's true. fully transferred. Because that may be part of why she's aging, is that the cure is no longer in her blood. Because he did supposedly drink all her blood. So they want us to believe. Even though she's still up, so. So who knows? <laughs> and as far as we know, Silas is still up after Amara drank his blood, but it didn't look like she drained him. But she does yeah. appear to be cured. Yeah. Maybe Silas just needed more because he... Or maybe Nadia just thought they needed all the blood and she was just- And Silas was hungry, yeah. A cure had never been used before, so what do we really know about it? Well, Nadia didn't really want her mom to die. Yeah. Especially right after the reveal, I mean. Yeah. She wants her mom to sit in that. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Outside the warehouse, Amara's walking around by herself. She's a little frantic. 
She's talking to the air. She says, stop talking. She says, it's not up to you. She says, leave me alone. Uh, who's she talking to? It seems like there's a traveler within her or something. Oh, interesting. Much like Matt. Because at first I was thinking maybe she can hear more than usual, but why would that be the case if she's not immortal? True. But it may also be that there's a lot of noise going around that she's not used to and she's feeling really guilty about the fact that she uh, just took the cure from Silas. Yeah. She's been desiccated in a box for a while. She probably hasn't heard like a car honk before. Yeah, or like the hum of electricity. I mean, yeah. she's got a lot to be freaked out about yeah. and she'll get more apparently. Yeah, Mara's not having a great day. She sees Damon and she's like, are you real? And he says, are you? And are you single? <laughs> he said, and let me tell you, you look just bewitching. We go over to the Salvatore house. Stefan and Elena return home. They seem to be alone in the foyer, but this whole time Damon and Jeremy are sitting like five feet away. Yeah, like completely spaced out. Just they, they're overwhelmed by the day. Yeah. Stefan says, okay, well, have a good night. And Elena says, yeah, it's weird. You know, even with no memory, you're still you. And he says, well, Tessa was going to kill you and you don't seem like you deserve that. So I was just going on instinct. That's all. And she says, yeah, exactly. Like, that's what I'm saying. Your instincts were always to protect me. So thank you for just being you. And he says, okay, have a good night. <laughs> Damon wasn't also protecting her today. I know. And Stefan leaves. And Elena joins Jeremy and Damon. Damon says, Stefan Salvador sleeps in his own bed tonight. Does that mean he stopped hating us? Or did the power of the doppelganger universe push him into the car with you? And she says, well, he saved my life. So I'll take that as not hate. And Damon says, victory in a day otherwise murdered by failure. And he and Jeremy cheers a little bit. And Jeremy like looks at Elena because he's drinking alcohol, which usually she gives him lip about. For some reason. <laughs> he says, we couldn't get Bonnie back. I get a pass. And it's like, yeah, he does. I think he more than deserves some bourbon. I mean, there's so much bourbon in this house anyway. Yeah. Like, just let him drink it out in the open instead of in his room in secret. Exactly. <laughs> Elena says, did I say anything? And Bonnie says, you know, tell her it's for the best, Jeremy. Jeremy says, no, no, I won't because it's not. And Damon says, what? <laughs> and Jeremy says, Bonnie's here. She wants us not to worry. And Elena is just like, hey, we're going to keep trying. Okay, Bonnie, like it's not over. We've dealt with much worse. Damon says, well, Silas is MIA and out and about, which is pretty bad. And Amara has been cured, which is even worse because now she's easy to kill. So the fate of the other side, where Bonnie currently resides, rests on a living, breathing human being that we now need to protect. And it's like, how are you guys going to protect her? What do you do with her? And I'm like, oh, they brought her down to the dungeon in the house. Yeah. Elena says, we need to protect. Then they go out front and Damon opens the trunk of the car to show Elena that Amara is in there bound and gagged. So you guys got home and poured a drink and just left Amara in the trunk and she's easy to kill? Guys, put her in the dungeon. You guys have so many rooms in this house. Why did you put her in the trunk? And, you know, ignoring all that other stuff, this poor girl is so freaked the fuck out and you've left her in the trunk for 30 minutes of a car? She doesn't even know what a car is. And then insult to absolute injury. Damon introduces Elena to Amara. He calls Amara crazy pants. And keep in mind, Amara's like, who the fuck is this bitch that looks like me? Because she doesn't know about doppelgangers. It's just like, you guys could be a little bit more patient with Amara. Like, she's been through it. Give her a nice bed. Let's give her like a snack. Ask her what she likes. Talk to her. Actually, you know what? Have Stefan talk to her. Yeah. She'll like him. Well, she might stab him with glass. Actually, I don't know. Yeah, she might stab him with glass. Maybe keep Never mind, Stefan. <laughs> yeah, actually, don't, don't send <laughs> Stefan over there. Then we go upstairs. Stefan goes to his room, but there's someone in there and it is Tessa. Don't tell her who's downstairs. Yeah. <laughs> he says, uh, what are you doing here, girl? 
And she says, do you have any idea what it's like watching history repeat itself? Girl, you put yourself in that position today. <laughs> I can't. Change the channel. Yes. Uh, girl, I have some sympathy for like when you were on the other side and you had to watch doppelgangers. But you invited Elena over. Stefan says, you know, you're hurt. I can heal you. And she says, no, I want this stab wound. It's a reminder of what you really are. See, memories are important. And it's like, oh, here we go, girl. I get where she's going with this. You really needed a reminder in the form of a scar. Like, you can't just be like, hey, I shouldn't trust anyone with that fucking face. Yeah. You know what the face looks like? You've been watching that love story for years. You should have learned this lesson about 2000 years ago, girl. Yeah. She says, I made a mistake when I found you. I eased your pain. You used to have a lot of pain. Remember? And Stefan's like, oh, no. He said, I don't really want to remember. <laughs> she starts a spell. We see flashbacks of the memories as she narrates them. She says, you killed your own father and then forced your brother to become a vampire. And that was just the start of your reign of terror. <laughs> you hated yourself for a century, but then you found her, Elena. I love how she skipped through the whole century of him being a ripper. Yeah, she said, we're not even going to deal with the, being the ripper of Monterey. We're going to go straight to Elena. I don't really give a fuck. <laughs> she says, that didn't last very long, did it? It lasted a while, a couple seasons. I mean, relative to his life, no, but yeah. relative to your relationship patterns, Tessa, pretty long. Yeah. <laughs> Stefan begs her to stop, but she continues. She says, the ending is the best part. Because you actually felt real pain, physical pain, torture, remember? And he's like, please don't bring the drowning back. She says, you were trapped in a safe, tossed in a quarry, water flooded in. You tried to scream. You tried to escape. But all you could do was drown over and over and over again. And she makes him experience every drown. It's like, girl, you could leave a couple off. I yeah, mean, we don't need three months of it. You know, a couple would do. I, th I think a month, you know, sells the situation. I'll get the message. <laughs> and she says, the only thing keeping you sane was the hope that one day, one of the two people you loved, Damon or Elena, mm -hmm. would come rescue you. But they didn't. I did. Always remember that. To be fair, they were on the path when you did it, which is probably why you fucking did it. But he couldn't have known that. Yeah, exactly. Because he's, they, you know, they haven't really given him all the context because he's had amnesia. And that is where we end the episode because she finishes her spell. So how do you think Stefan's new memory back lifestyle is going to go? Well, I'll just say this. Thank God he's in the Salvatore house. So he's like around people. But I think it's going to be a rough time. And I think there is going to be some situation of like, why didn't you guys come save me? Like, were you guys looking for me? That kind of question. Yeah, exactly. What are the logistics here? Yeah, it's time for everyone to come to terms with that situation. Plus, he's also going to be like, wait, Bonnie's dead. Yeah, there's a lot that <laughs> Stefan's going to need to unpack. And I do think it's going to be hard for him to lean on Damon or Elena in this time because, you know, there's going to be some anger and some resentment there, which is very fair to have mm -hmm. in this situation. Uh, and so let's once again hope that he reaches out to Caroline, who yes. is the only one capable of helping him, it appears. <laughs> what do you think is in store for Amara and for Silas? Do you think they're going to live, die? Do you think they're going to get their happy ending relative to what's going on? The only happy ending they can really have is live a human life together and then they part when those times end because mm -hmm. Silas is a witch. So, you know, he's going to the other side unless he kills Amara. Now, there is a possibility you live long enough to kill Amara to the end. I mean, I guess it doesn't help because you're yeah. going to be separate anyway. Here's the other question is if Amara dies, what effect is that on the other side? Will it all come crashing down, which means everyone on the other side is 
gone indefinitely. That's my concern about what that would mean is yeah. that if the other side is gone, it's not like it's going to push people back to life. I think it's pushing them into like fall after life, whether that be peace or something else. And I do think, you know, we have to be concerned about the fact that Amara clearly wants to die. You know, it's not only keeping her safe from other people, but it's keeping her safe from herself. Yeah. Because, you know, she's been literally sitting in a box for 2000 years. Like I'd be trying to kill myself on anything. Yeah. So do you think they're just going to have to keep Amara or do you think they're going to find some other workaround? I think their plan is to just keep Amara. I think Silas is going to get his hands on her. And then how that plays out is kind of difficult. I think there's another possibility of like how Katsia can, it, like if she can find some way to, I don't know, kill Amara if that really hurts Silas. But there's really no winning for Silas at this point. Mm-hmm. And he and Amara both want to die. I do think he'd rather not be on the other side. Like, I guess, although if there's a general afterlife, Ketsi is going to be there anyway. Mm -hmm. So he kind of can't avoid it. But I guess he's a pretty powerful witch. He could probably stay alive for quite some time. And if he's a witch, it might benefit him to be on the other side when he can at least avoid her. That's true. Rather than be in the afterlife where everyone has free reign. So I think Silas is going to be around for a little bit longer. But I mean, Mm -hmm. he's going to have to find some other way to win because I think this may shift instead of how to get back with Amara to revenge on Ketsia. Like, I think that motive could shift a little bit. That makes sense. And Amara, we'll see what happens with her. She's not doing good. Yeah. Um, I do think she's going to be very concerned and worried. She might be interested in her doppelganger's lives. That might kind of give her something to work towards. But I mean, again, I'd, I'd want to die if I was her. Yeah. It's my time at this point. I mean, I've been in a box I'm for begging. years. I've had <laughs> I'm overwhelmed. No boy is worth this. Yeah. Because, you know, she had no issue taking the cure from Silas. Like, it's possible she's been sitting in this box like, I did not love him enough to go through this. Yeah. Like, he seems to be very much like, it was all worth it when I can be with her again. And she may not have landed on that same bot. So it may be that Silas finds some way where they could be together. And she's like, I don't really want to. I'm kind of pissed at the way that went down. She said, personally, I'd rather die. <laughs> yeah. I think either way, Silas is not getting a happy ending from this. So that brings us to the end of this week's episode. As always, if you are enjoying Vampire Diaries and or Doppelgangers, please tell your friends and give us five stars rating review on Apple and Spotify podcasts. And follow us on Instagram at Doppelgangers Podcast. But that's it for this week. Until next week. Goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother.